This episode of Zeal for Zion is sponsored by you, the viewer. If you want to help support us and keep the lights on and keep the studio running, there's a support link down in the description for as little as $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee, you guys, as we are seeking to make this a ministry. Anything helps and will be much appreciated. Our vision is to help make our viewers intrinsically enriched by the fact that they are known by God and to make the gospel easily accessible to life, regardless of education level, background, or profession. Before we begin, we would like to share with you the core tenets of Christianity, which we get directly from Scripture. By these standards, we compare everything else. The first one being inspiration of Scripture. We believe that the Bible is God's own written word and has been perfectly translated and preserved throughout time. The second is the Trinity. We believe that God is three co-equal persons in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The third is the deity of Christ. We believe that Jesus was a Son of God and that He Himself was God in the flesh. The fourth is that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and there is no other way to inherit salvation than through faith in Him. The last is Jesus' resurrection and eventual return. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and that one day He will return. Roll the intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Zeal for Zion, where we help you be zealous for the kingdom. And today, we'll be tackling some comments that have been coming on our social medias and our shorts and in our YouTube videos. And we just wanted to take an episode to respond to some of those comments that are going on um, that we haven't been able to respond to since it's been so much. Um, it's been a lot of work. You know what I mean? A lot of, lot of stuff. With that, let's go ahead and get started on those comments. So now, the one I've been waiting for, because these were aggressive. Let's talk about our biblical slavery comments. We have like five of them, I think. One, two, three, four, five. Very aggressive comments. So, <laughs> people didn't like this episode. We're, we're okay with that, because this is... Fully was, expected it. Fully expected. When you say, when you call something, what is biblical slavery, you're going to get... Today's subject. You're going to get pushback. You're going to get... Uh, we, we expected this, so um, <laughs> here we go. All right. First comment is from Cygnus. Cygnusustus. <laughs> I'm sorry, your name is awesome. Cygnusustus, three days ago. Okay. This was on one of our shorts. It's on one of our shorts, biblical slavery. Um, the Bible condones and commands chattel slavery. Chattel slavery is defined as the enslaving of owning of human beings and their offspring as property, also to be bought, sold, forced to work without wages. Another definition is the condition in which one person is owned as property by another and is under the owner's control, especially in involuntary servitude. Leviticus 25, 44 through 46 precisely describes and condones chattel slavery. And then he reads Leviticus 25. We'll read that in a minute. Under Mosaic law, foreign slaves were chattel slaves. They could be bought sold, separated from their families, beaten, raped, killed, kept for life, and passed down as inherited property. Every reference to foreign slaves in the Bible is to deny them rights and protections afforded to Hebrew slaves. The treatment of foreign slaves was every bit as bad or worse than slavery in the antebellum South. All right. A lot to deal with. Now, at this point, when they left this comment, our biblical slavery part two had not come out. So um, if you caught that episode, you'll know that we did go over Leviticus 25 and explain a lot of things. So, you know, they they did, had not heard our points yet, but we will quickly summarize that. You good? But 
we don't even really need to summarize Leviticus 25 because I'll be honest if I, I don't think this person listened to our episode because even in even in the first episode they're saying that it's okay to beat rape kill murder whatever you want to do to your foreign slaves. slaves yeah you're foreign slaves but Exodus 21 the passage that we covered in that episode you know it says whoever steals a man and sells him anyone found in possession <laughs> of him shall be what put to death right right um you know, but you know, um, when a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two; he is not to be avenged for the slave of his money. Like, oh no! I mean, the slave is um, the slave is beaten, but the person isn't punished. Well, it also says, when a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks right. out the tooth or of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. Um, Just read no, you, you, a few verses, dude. Even in Leviticus uh, 24, we see that the death penalty is enforced by Moses and before God at the end of Leviticus 24. And no, you can't kill anyone. You can't rape anyone no, you want. These are, you, this, no, the only thing that Leviticus, you are pulling this out of, out of thin air. The only thing that Leviticus says is that foreign slaves are not to be released. That's it. Separated from their families? Sure, maybe. But usually when this happened, this was due to war in Israel. This, this, America does this, by the way, still, today. Slavery in the Bible is, is an issue that comes up quite a bit. So let's just t spend a minute talking about, first of all, Old Testament slavery was not race-based forced servitude like we think about slavery in the United States 150 years ago. It was a voluntary means of working off debt or keeping captives from mustering or rebellion, which is what we still do. It's called Gitmo in this country. We put captives there. So the kind of slavery that we're thinking about when we read the Bible is not the kind of slavery that was in the Old Testament. This was called indentured servitude, and it actually benefited the servant. If there's one particular uh, place that the King James gets it exactly right, is they translate the word in the Old Testament not as slave, but servant, which is the way it should be translated. Literally today, if there's war, if there's anything like that, then war captives, foreigners, are forced to work in some way in a certain kind of camp. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about concentration. That sounded like... I have meant concentration camp. I don't remember what the exact word is, but America still does this. This this is probably what this was probably what you're talking about in Leviticus 25. Foreign slaves were these weren't man men who were captured and sold, as Exodus clearly says cannot be done, or you will be put to death. They were not allowed to be beaten. Those are the same laws that apply to Hebrew slaves that apply to to foreign slaves. It doesn't tell us otherwise. You know what I mean? And it, this is a job. And, and if you were a captured people, if you were a captured due to war or battle, you know what you were supposed to do? Kill them. That's what you were supposed to do. But the more humane option was to say, okay, no, we're going to have you just work. We're going to have you work. No, you're not getting paid. You're a captive. You know what I mean? It, we would do this. Uh, other countries would do the same thing to us. America does the same thing to other countries. They still have human rights. Well, maybe not in other countries, but definitely in America, they still have human rights. But 
you are captured. I mean, it's just the, it's the risk of war. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I would encourage you to, um, now that that episode has come out, the cool slavery part two, please go listen to that. Okay. Another comment by Archer MV master. Ooh, very cool. That's very fitting for this topic. It's amazing how much religion will make people bend over backwards to justify immoral actions. Working seven years to be let go only applied to male Hebrew slaves, not for the heathens coming out from other nations. Oh. Hey. It's it's sort of sarcastic, I think. It's like, it's incredible how religion will oh, make people bend, bend over, over backwards, backwards to justify okay. moral yeah. actions. Go ahead and attack that. Well, okay. The Bible is univocal. You have to look at it with its complete and total context. This person is saying, well, because Hebrew slaves weren't treated the same as uh, foreign slaves with their terms, that means that they were enslaved for life and it's awful. And it's like, no, no. Right. As, as we're saying, this is indentured servanthood and God, God commanded that these foreign people, these foreign people were not either, were not to be taken as slaves. They were actually to die most of the time. And if, and if um, they weren't killed, they were taken as slaves. So this was a merciful thing. This was an act of mercy. <clears throat> it's also worth noting the fact that these, these, these slaves were not treated like they were in the 18th or the 19th century because they were, it was in, it was indentured servanthood. So they may not have been paid, but they would have been housed and clothed and fed and they would not have been beaten, raped, sold and treated like um, they could just do anything with them. There was protections for these kinds of things. This The, the protection does not just apply to Hebrew slaves. It applies to all slaves. Um, says working for seven years to be let go only applied to male Hebrew slaves, not for heathens coming from other nations. Yes, that's true. But as we have already gone over, there was not to be any unjustified capturing and stealing and selling underground sort of things going on. Anyone who did that was to be put to death. So any, you know, everything that was going on in Africa and the slave trade, punishable by death according to the Bible. Okay. As far as war, which is what this was. Oh, war captives. Yes, they would not go free. Just what happens with war. Um, like Timothy said, wouldn't be beaten. So we're not trying to justify immoral actions, by the way, by what standard <laughs> is immoral to you. If you're chastising the Bible, you have no basis on which to say something is immoral or not. And when we say by what standard, we're essentially saying, why do you believe what you believe? Yes, you're that's a good way to put it. You're giving us the what, right? You can Murder, say what you want. Right. Murder is wrong, but why? You don't have the mm -hmm. why answer. The yeah. Bible is our why. That is why we say by what standard, because we're asking you why. It's just a, it's the, it's the uh, smart way right. of asking why. Why do you believe what you believe? <clears throat> we have the standard because we have the consistent testimony of the word of God, and it is consistent throughout its whole univocal voice testifying to the gospel and to humanity. And we see that God is not a son of man. that He should change his mind. Right. He is constant. Yeah, and I would say that if you are um, not building your foundation on the Bible, then 
it's you can't even say that slavery is wrong. In fact, if you're an evolutionist, well, the original idea of evolution was that African American people were actually less evolved than white people. So, if you're an evolutionist and you were gonna stick to that, I know it's changed since then, but that original logic of Darwin, the most racist book he read that he he wrote then you actually should own slaves according to evolution. So don't ever use science to say something is wrong or right because it's not and science changes, but morality does not. So you don't have a basis to say that it's wrong. And we're trying to say it's actually completely wrong and we have a, a reason for it, you know? So, okay. Uh, next one, Bugsy0333. <laughs> Y'all have some wild names. I wonder in what cir- circumstance would it be okay for one person to own another person as their property back then or today? <laughs> Once again, how do you know? You're making a moral claim here. I mean, you're being sarcastic. You didn't make a moral claim, but your obvious implication is that it's not okay to own anyone today or back then. Okay. You're making a claim. So to answer the question, when would it be okay back then or today? Do you think slavery doesn't exist today? Sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. But yes, that's wrong. We obviously know that's wrong from the Bible. And we know that the 19th century slavery was wrong. And we know that anyone who treated a slave back in biblical times like they would have treated a slave in 19th century century slavery would have been wrong. Right? Wrong. (laughs) Would have been wrong. Because they had the law fresh, by the way, fresh law. It was like everybody knew about it. It was very fresh. And um, they knew not to treat their slaves these way, this way. Okay. Think of your job. Would you rather – well, let's just switch it. Let's switch it up. There's two different scenarios, how it works in America. You work, get money, pay for your stuff. Okay? Guess how it worked in Israel. Sometimes, depending on the situation. Somebody's going to pay for your whole life. They're going to pay for your whole life and you're going to work and not get money directly. Your life is just paid for. Now, I say it out loud, it sounds a little bit like communism, but this is the way that it was. Okay? You worked and somebody paid your debt for you. It's not that different other than you get your money in small portions and, and at certain times and... And this wasn't even necessarily a job for them. This was this was they were in debt. They owed something, something like this. It was specifically for Hebrew slaves. We already talked about foreign slaves. Better than taking out a loan. That's it's for better sure. than taking out a loan. Work <sighs> off your debt. Like there's all, you know what I mean? And then you got freed in seven years. Like it wasn't owning a person as in making them less than. In fact, they're giving slaves a lot of rights here. That if you do this, you don't get that slave anymore. And, and and we keep using this word slave. Indentured servant is what it was. It was a bond servant. It's just like if I asked some famous person, hey, will you pay for my college? They're like, sure, I'll pay for your college, but you got to pay me back. But I don't want your money. Will you please come work on my farm <laughs> for 
a few years and that will cover your debt. That's what it was. He can't kill me. <laughs> he, can't, <laughs> he can't beat me up. He can't. And he said, better yet, and he didn't even have to do this. He said, better yet, also, I'm going to I'm gonna make sure you have plenty to eat and a place to sleep. This is what we're talking about, people. We're not talking about 19th century slavery where you can have your way with your slaves. That is not what this is. The Bible condones chattels. It, no, sorry. It doesn't condone. It condemns chattel slavery, and it condones a good biblical standard of indentured servanthood. All right. Anything to say on that? We got one more comment. I do not. Let's get it. All right. Mike Barr, 42. Um, so this was, this was, uh, I should give some context. This is a comment responding to how did slavery in ancient Israel work, which we just explained a little bit, you know, how, you know, in this clip, I talk about how, you know, maybe potentially this is just something I came up with on the spot, but maybe, you know, a person in debt would put their name on some sort of roster and maybe the master would go looking for, you know, a servant and um, they would sign up or they would, you know, do something. I don't know. I don't know if that's how it worked. That's me just coming up with maybe a little system of maybe they had something like that. So this is a comment in response to that video. Someone said, should probably be the other way around. Rich people should be making offers and competing for workers. Okay. So I'm not saying they didn't do that. I, I was just, I was just kind of putting it one way, but I kind of thought this was not quite right because how do we do that? Like, I'm not sure where, okay, I'm not sure where you're getting that logic because in America, do job seekers, do, do, do managers and people who own businesses, are they constantly on you to get the job? Sure, they put out ads and stuff. You know what I mean? They put out things if they're in need, but it's sort of a two way thing. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it was like that in ancient Israel as well they're like hey i need a worker you need money what do you say it's not like they had to be a slave specifically hebrew people that's what i'm talking about we already covered the other side um foreign people um they're, they're they had a choice they they couldn't they weren't like oh i guess i have to be a slave it was like they you got yourself into a situation where you're either going to be a servant or die basically of starvation because you can't afford food so that's kind of how that works. So rich people should be making offers and competing for workers. I mean, kind of, I guess, but how do we get jobs in America? We apply for them. We have to go looking for them. We, you know what I mean? The rich people uh, put out their ad. That's all they do. They're not going to go out of their way to find individual workers. Not all the time anyway. And generally this is how it works. And then you as a worker have to apply to the company and work there. I don't know. It works both ways. I just thought I just weren't sure where you were getting your logic being an American. I assume you're an American. I also thought of one more thing. Oh, both of our lights went out. Nice. It's okay. We're at the, almost at the end of our time. I was just gonna say this: um, the, the whole thing between Hebrews and um, foreign sl- slavery. So obviously, both had rights. Right? Both were not really slaves, more so servants. What we would say modern day, but also it would probably honestly in the best way possible, be miserable for these foreign slaves because the whole point of Israel, as it says in Leviticus, is for the Israel Israeli people to be set apart from 
the rest of the nation. So when they're capturing people, and kind of capturing, but when they are conquering lands and taking people as workers, essentially. Instead of killing them. <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> I just want to keep, people seem to forget everything. So I'm really reiterating. <laughs> there is this wonderful thing that while they are getting fed and housed, they are seeing the beauty of the Hebrew way that God has made the law. And that's the whole point. When these people are brought in and they're being fed and housed, they are seeing the Hebrew people spiritually flourish. They're seeing a beautiful spiritual thing happening that is following God. And if they're around the people of God and they're seeing all of this, they themselves will feel like they're missing out on a relationship with God, which is a wonderful, beautiful thing because then they will be like, wait a minute, I want to become a follower of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So that is the, the beautiful part about that is that, you know, you're not necessarily bound to the, like it says in Deuteronomy that you can essentially become a Hebrew by culture. You can right. become a part of the camp. So these people aren't excluded because they aren't, they aren't lesser than the Hebrews. They are just among God's people and God's people. If they're setting the example, these people should actually want to be closer with the Hebrew people and even more so God. And that is the most important part, a relationship with God. I think those were all the comments that we had to respond to today. Um, we hope that your question got answered, even if you didn't leave a comment or if you did and we didn't get to it, apologize. Um, hope that this podcast can be a resource for you to have these answers and help us think biblically and everything. I stole that from Mike Winger. One last thing. You are known by God. Stay in the word, stay in prayer, and stay zealous.